Hello, everyone. Welcome to Anime News and Reviews Podcast. My name is Speedy, and with me today are my two co-hosts, Blake and Colton. What's up, guys? So, we are now on four podcast platforms. We are on the RSS Podcast website, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts now, since I finally got that to work. Follow them. So, please uh, give us a listen. We, as of this recording, have three episodes on, but by the time you hear this it'll obviously be four so please give us a listen um if they can give us a like like on apple podcasts Uh, maybe one day i'll get this on youtube and that'll be a fifth platform i try to make this as accessible as we can yeah if you don't listen we'll track you down and give you the thousand years of death there you go and you definitely don't want that maybe i don't know i don't judge (laughs) i don't want to track it that's illegal (laughs) i'll be highly upset Somebody you are all me. entitled to your kinks. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We do not shame here. So this week is our second anime review episode, and this week's anime is Whoop. Yashihime, Princess Half Demon. And last time when we did Jujutsu Kaisen, I was the one that kind of guided us through the story. Uh, but this time, since Blake is the one who suggested the anime, he will be guiding us through it. So, Blake? Yes, sir. Let's get into it. So, uh, Yashihime uh, basically is a, as far as I understand it, is an anime only um, at the moment. uh, Continuation of the um, stories that were told throughout the uh, Inuyasha series as well as the uh, films. Or also um, either or, or the manga series, basically. Just, yeah. So, it's a continuation off of uh, both of those forms of media for that series. Anyway, so the show basically follows um, Inuyasha's uh, full-blooded, uh, full demon, um, purebred um, half-brother, Sashomaru. Um, not him specifically, but uh, more mainly just uh, so his uh, two uh, twin daughters, um, Toa and Setsuna, uh, who will... If you recall, uh, the person who Sashomaru ended up with around the end of the original Inuyasha series being the uh, character Rin. So at some point, uh, we know, hey, they had babies. Um, And uh, yeah, so we're treated kind of briefly as the series uh, starts us off with kind of some exposition. So we get a little flashback kind of showing um, Sashomaru's daughters, Toa and Setsuna, um, in a forest um, that is... Seems all, you know, calm and peaceful at first, and then eventually it does appear that there is a fire that begins to rage after they wake up from having taken a nap together under a tree. And uh, at this point, we don't necessarily really know, you know, where their mom's at, where uh, Sashomaru is at, you know, how could this be happening with your kids? You know, you think they'd be a little more supervised, but hey, it was the feudal era, I guess. Anyway, uh, so unfortunately... Uh, a, a, a tree starts coming down and uh, it almost crushes um, Toa and Setsuna and this is after Toa started to kind of run a little bit ahead of her sister and basically kind of lost her grip and so Setsuna ended up kind of falling behind and from out there Toa felt like she had almost lost her sister so then she goes to you know run back over and help her only then Setsuna you know kind of is like yo look out pushes her pretty dang far out of the way, you know, that much strength for just a kid. I was more than impressed, <laughs> to say the least. And uh, this tree, you know, it comes down, and then at that point, uh, 
Toa, you know, she's kind of knocked out for a couple seconds. She gets back up, tries to, you know, regain consciousness and look at her surroundings and try and find her sister. And she finally gets over the uh, fallen tree to find Setsuna, who unfortunately is not there uh, when she does get there on the other side of the tree. And so at that point, we don't even really know what happened to her. Oh, my God. Did she die in the fire? Is she alive still? We don't know. And suddenly, uh, this shimmering begins to occur in Toa in Toa's eye uh, which we find out later on is actually a part of a piece of shards of a jewel that were separated from the Shikon jewel from a wish by a more powerful demon anyway so apparently she had been bestowed the silver pearl and uh, it inexplicably, inexplicably ended up uh, activating and it basically sent her through a wormhole to the modern era where she basically had no way back once she got there to get back to feudal era Japan and to get back to finding her sister. And uh, yeah, she's basically kind of stuck in modern times having to uh, grow up there. Essentially, Luckily, she comes inside. across. Yeah, basically, uh, so she ends up having to be raised by this... Uh, man and his family who end up kind of noticing her standing at a very familiar tree for those of you who recall the uh well from the original inuyasha series <laughs> and uh yeah so she's kind of like oh no i'm kind of screwed aren't i but no it turns out the folks over there in the modern era the humans there they were more than kind to her and they decide you know what we'll go ahead and take her in and you know treat her like her own kin Where? so that's wasn't what they the, do. Like, dad, part of like, wasn't he like related to? Yeah. So the dad who, well, the, the man who ends up becoming her, um, basically her adoptive oh, father. Um, so he, I, if I'm not mistaken, I do believe he was actually like somehow a distant relative of Kagome, but like in modern times, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That was the impression that I got from it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was thinking so, as well. But like, so they do. Uh, like how he was talking to whatever his little daughter about how like you know what I'm saying how like how Toa had did the, or his wife I'm sorry not the daughter how like Toa had did the same thing that Kagome did um you know what I'm saying kind of like but reverse I guess it's yeah yeah that, it's like, like you're on a journey basically and yeah. it's kind of cool to see that like somebody that like kind of knows what's going on is watching over you know what I'm saying and how he approached Toa and was like. Let's go look for Cessna together. That was like so just, ah, my heart. Right. And yeah, and all the while, you know, while that whole part of the story is going on, we're also treated at some point, I believe it was in episode one, uh, there was that flashback to the original Inuyasha characters. So Inuyasha, Kagome, you know, Team Inu uh, Inuyasha. So they're all kind of busy um, dealing with this surprisingly powerful uh, ancient demon by the name of, uh, oh, what was it? Roothead, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that was yeah, what they called head. him. So Roothead. Roothead. And at first you think this guy seems kind of puny, and then you know they keep kind of knocking him down. It seems like he keeps coming back up. It's almost kind of like a whack-a-mole type situation here. <laughs> and then finally he reveals his true form. <laughs> and we're like, oh. oh. You know, it's like a moment from SpongeBob with the Alaskan bullworm. Yes. <laughs> Basically. That's like the perfect that's, description. That's like, that's it's like, oh. So... That's the teeth, and that's its tongue. 
<laughs> I love that. I was like, oh man, I was not expecting that at all. And so they basically make it out to where it seems like they finally defeated this extremely powerful demon. It sounded like, if I remember correctly, I believe he was after something. I believe it was like a jewel, one of the jewels. Um, Shinkon jewel, I believe. Well, yeah, no, well, so yeah, so yeah, no, yeah, I think it was, yeah, it was the so the Shikon jewel, which makes an appearance from the original series from Inuyasha. Uh, which was kind of like the main, kind of like a part of the main plot for the original series, because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, what basically happened was it had been split into basically like a thousand different pieces or shards all across feudal Japan, and so now you have all these demons in the Inuyasha timeline seeking out all these uh, shards, which are supposed to give them like incredible power, essentially. And uh, anyway, so eventually, spoiler alert for those of you who have not finished the series, it does appear that at some point they do finally manage to get the Shikon Jewel pieces all, you know, back and put it back together. And uh, they're able to put it in good hands, I believe, or they did at some point. And so it was made to where I think they had purified it so that lo at least lowly demons couldn't use it, or most folks couldn't use it for power. And, uh, yeah, so they defeat Roothead, and that kind of ends up factoring into some storylines later on in the series. And, uh, yeah, basically, as the name would suggest, he takes Root underground. Takes Who would have thought? You know, that's kind of crazy. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, so then we're kind of, you know, thrust back into the present day, and we're following uh, Toa's character. So she is the uh, silver-haired, so she's the one who, in my opinion, kind of personally resembles Sashomaru more just from the get-go, like, up front, second you meet her. And they immediately show her, you know, she's like, oh, hey, by the way, she's 14 years old now. She's, I want to say she's in middle school, but maybe she's in high school. It was kind of hard for me to gauge based on because I'm not familiar with school systems in Japan, so I... But, you know, kind of comparing it to ours, that was kind of the vibe I got. Was So she was kind of, you know, in that mid-range, junior high, high school, somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah, she... Anyway. She it was middle school, junior high. Yeah. So they're kind of showing her off to be this, uh, you know, she's kind of this very skilled um, swordswoman, swordsman, what have you. Um very skilled with weapons, especially of the sword variety. Um, and, yeah, she seems to be doing fine, her academics and everything like that, but then one day there's this uh, altercation, you know, she tries to, it's kind of like a superhero type situation, you know, from a lot of those movies we saw, like in the early 2000s, where it's like, hey, by the way, you might want to hide your skills and your powers. People can't afford to know that you can double jump without pressing A. <laughs> Out of here. So, <laughs> basically, like you're on clock, you're on a roll today. I love it. Hey, man, hey, you know, when you get there, you're coming out with these today. Like, it is all you're all on fire. You must know, me anyway. Well. We're going to see so, David Slayer. Thanks, like, you know, I'm, I'm running the hype, I'm running the hype train while I can. No, baby, I love it. So, yeah, I no. Uh, if I remember correctly, I believe it was her younger sister from her adoptive family in the modern timeline era that she unfortunately had come across some uh, not very kind folks, mind you, who uh, felt the need to start some shit. And uh, with her specifically. And uh, Toa just happens to kind of come upon this, and she's like, okay, yeah, no, that's it. Um, I've had my limit. I've tried to be peaceful. I have tried to, you know, turn my cheek and look the other way. Uh, that's not going to happen anymore. <laughs> and so she kind of, it seemed to me like she basically decked these guys pretty good. 
And uh, finally, I got to the point where they're like, yeah, we've had enough. And they just kind of left. And uh, at that point, she finally ended up having to go home and uh, explain to her adoptive father what had happened. And uh, later on that night, I'm trying to remember what happened exactly. I think like what happened was a demon had somehow made its way back into the modern era from feudal Japan through kind of like a similar portal from what Toa had experienced all those years ago when she was separate from her sister. And, um, yeah, so a demon, I believe, came through, and then she ends up using her powers um, to slay the demon, and then finds out, basically, oh, hey, I actually have a way to go back now. Uh, so that's progress. <laughs> so she uh, basically ends up kind of having a kind of a brief heart-to-heart with her adoptive father. It's like, hey, you know, you raised me for so many years. I'm beyond grateful. You know, I don't know how I'll ever repay you. Um, unfortunately, I feel like this is something I just, I really got to do. And he's like, no, I mean, I knew this day would come at some point sooner or later. You take care of your shit. You go do what you got to do. And, you know, hey, we'll be back here whenever you feel like coming on by. So eventually, you know, she says her goodbyes. There's a couple heartfelt things going on between her and her uh, younger adoptive sister. And then finally she uh, kind of, you know, packs up and hits the road and leaves and goes back to the feudal era. Can I say I dig the yeah. like gender fluidity with Toa? Like, no, yeah, yeah, no. I thought it was uh, it was interesting because you know they had started off. It's like okay, so Toa, you know, she's technically, you know, a girl. Um, however, she does kind of you know tend to. She's I, like I, I guess it's more of like a you know yeah, it's definitely more of a tomboyish vibe, which I was fine with. I was like, okay, yeah, it's whatever because you know they kind of yeah. they have her dressed up. It's not like anything. Uh, what's the word? Overly? Uh, no, I can't. I feel like I shouldn't say that. Well, no, no, because I think folks were thinking, oh, you know, she goes to this private academy. She's a girl. You know, maybe she wears, you know, like the stereotypical the dress, uniform that you see in a lot of anime. Yeah, yeah, with the dress and the skirt, and instead they kind of just you know, like put her in like a regular. Yeah, it's like a, it's like, like yeah, a jacket. It's almost like one of those jacket cardigan combos kind yeah, of. Yeah, it's like, like all white. And stuff. And she's got that red little bow on, dude. She's got. It. And, uh, yeah, didn't she have a bow tie? Yeah, she had like a bow tie around her neck. I was like, she, with the little red, dude, it was just like. She was rocking the whole Matt Smith, Doctor Who. Man, vibe. get out of my way. I'm Toa. And yeah, no, I was like, you know what? I'm here for it. And she's got this like fancy, it's like a, the best way I can describe it is using other anime terms here, unfortunately. But it's like the concept of Reishi from Bleach. It's like that. So she okay. she has this busted katana sword that when she was fighting the demon earlier in modern day the first time around it basically shattered and they're like oh wait a minute but that's that one type of sword it shouldn't break that easily <laughs> they're like oh i guess it's not the genuine thing anyway so yeah. she basically like takes the idea of like so that reishi that spirit energy is what i got from it basically it was almost like a yu yu show kind of thing too but she basically yeah. like forms this blue energy blade around her sword yeah and that's the thing too is they never really came up with a name for her technique for like the longest time and so yeah that's basically why i took it as was like okay i'm just gonna say it's like a spirit sword or something so she basically straight up has like a lightsaber using a katana as the hilt but it's like a broken katana <laughs> and i'm like you know what it's it still looks cool i like it <laughs> so yeah she Modern day Japan, real katanas are illegal. So for her to have a replica, like a fake katana, would make a lot of sense for it to break. Right, right. That is kind of a bummer to hear, you know. Yeah, they're uh, it's illegal to have 
uh, a real katana and uh, like their outlaw it's sad super sad so but okay so like nobody makes them either though uh, like i would assume mm-hmm. there's some folks out there that still keep up with the trade no like they're illegal to make have like, oh wow have, okay they have like replicas and stuff like you know what i'm saying like cheap that is a huge bummer <laughs> that's what happened when we took over you know what did you know when we like in world war Two when we like um basically like went to tokyo and everything after the bombs and whatnot uh they like made all of the officers and everything give their katanas up oh man yeah, so that I've was watched... basically you know the only way now even i guess looking back now it's like the only way you could theoretically get like a uh, battle ready yeah. katana i mean there's is, like, like some army surplus stuff but even I mean, then it'd be like katana. Mine was like made like not traditionally. It was still made with like folding steel and stuff. It was just made right. in America. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So, but like they, they have to like learn the techniques of their Japanese brethren <laughs> from across well, the way. <laughs> or like, um, like I've met, uh, I've watched this documentary of this Japanese fellow. He came over from Japan, studied it. Like he studied the way of like making katana stuff. Obviously, couldn't do it there, so he just came to America. And makes like badass swords here, um, right? And dude, it's super cool. Um, but I watched this one documentary about this guy. His grandfather had a katana, and the gentleman actually like got like it was crazy. All the stuff he had to go through to get a real katana into Japan, but he got all the like paperwork, all the necessary permits and stuff for it, and actually returned it to that family. And it was like super, super cool. Nice. Yeah, anyway, back to the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, anyway, so, gonna be blazing through here. Anyway, so, we get to a point, basically, where it's almost like a, uh, the do, you you know it, Austin, I'm probably gonna butcher it. The, I want you to try Do, do, ex, my, (laughs) machina. Machina, okay, there we go. Got it. (laughs) So, yeah, we basically have a do, ex, machina situation. Where it's like, once again, how did I get here? Well, first, we're going to have to go back a ways. <laughs> so they show Toa all of a sudden. It's like, oh, hey, by the way, she's kidnapped, basically, like, kind of captured. And sort of being held against her will, essentially, to basically answer to this uh, local lord. Like, a, a, one of the daimos, I guess, during whatever period it was at the time. And uh, he's like, hey, by the way, so uh, we noticed... Uh, you seem different. Like, you just, you know, you might be from another time, possibly. <laughs> and they finally show her this uh, thing of, like, a rusted uh, bicycle seat. And she immediately identifies it. And they're like, ah, I see. So she's from the other world. <laughs> so she basically gets outed by this local lord who, I think mostly he just really wants some, just, like, answers. I don't think he was really intending to be anything really hostile toward her originally. But... Basically, she gets in a situation where she's able to finally free herself, and it's like, yeah, no, you know what, screw you, buddy. <laughs> but before that, she basically went on a journey to find uh, Setsuna, and we find out that she's all grown up, uh, her twin sister. Um, they're, they're both half-demons. Um, so, because oh, so so yeah, Rin, their mother, so she was human. Uh, Sashomaru, he was a full-blood demon, uh, dog demon. And uh, Inuyasha, so he and Sashomaru's father, who was the great dog demon, he ended up, I believe, I think he ended up separating from Sashomaru's mother and basically fell in love with a human. 
And um, I noticed that apparently there's only like one name they ever really had for Inuyasha's mom in like I think the series and in the manga. Um, and I guess like they really just treated her as like a very brief footnote. They like barely said anything about her. We still to this day we don't really know that much about you know her whole upbringing and all that, other than that she came from like a very wealthy. Um, family that they were considered to be like royalty i think at that point they were like a part of the daimo or the ruling class um and other than her basically being born into a family from a local lord um in one of the areas at the time uh, we don't really know that much about her other than that at some point she fell in love with uh, inuyasha's uh demon full-blooded demon father and uh, at some point, I guess, from the way it sounded, uh, it sounded like she was killed by, like, a very powerful, I don't remember the guy's name, but it was, like, a very powerful dragon demon, full-blooded dragon demon. Um, and so he, I believe, killed Inuyasha's mom, and at some point, I think he also was the reason for how uh, Inuyasha's dad died. Um but I somehow I guess he managed to before that he got in touch with this uh sort of like a I want to say he was like a pseudo demon blacksmith and that's kind of how he was able to create the two famous swords um, the fangs of the dog demon the great dog demon for uh, Inuyasha and Sashomaru to eventually equip and fight with and inherit um, but yeah uh, so we get to a point where Toa she finally meets up with um, Sashomaru's other daughter her twin sister. Um, Setsuna, who has become a member of the Demon Slayer Corps. Um, I don't remember. I know for Toa, they showed us her age, like in the first two episodes. I don't remember if they did the same thing for um, Setsuna and Moroa. No, they're 14. Okay, so they're all basically. Okay, so they're all the same age. So they're all 14, you know, so like junior high, at least, what have you. Yeah, second year. Kind of that range. Yeah, so that's where their characters are at, essentially. Um, so yeah, her sister Setsuna, she's joined the Demon Slayer Corps. Um, some characters from the original Inuyasha series, they've kind of taken over Blood running things there. Yes. Um, and I'm, yeah, and so um, the flying fox demon, uh, they, they say it as, they pronounce it as Kilala in the uh, anime dub version, but it reads uh, like Kirara. Yeah, the R sounds in Japan are often translated either way into R or L because it's oh okay kind of like well, that's neat because like ra uh, and, so, oh. and it's not la or ra it's ra so so it's almost like R L mix it's it's really just up to the translator at that point we're talking about that big cat flame cat thing yes I love that thing who by the way is the who, by the way, is the best girl, I will say. Oh, adorable. Best girl. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that adorable little fox demon. You know what? She made it through that whole series. Spoiler alert, by the way. Never dies. All 24 episodes. <laughs> and she makes it, man. She, she is a trooper. I mean, she really does not get enough credit. Flying people around from place to place like Appa from yeah. The Last Airbender. I mean, come on. Props. Anyway, if I'm not mistaken, I believe she was also a character at some point in the original Inuyasha series as well. Um, yeah, no, so it looks like she survived into now, because um, demons, they tend to live for a pretty long time. If I'm not mistaken, if they're like a full-blooded demon, they technically are considered to be um, immortal, unless something changes. 
Um, but yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we find out that, um, I'm trying to remember what's her name. The, uh, character from the original Inuyasha series, I don't remember her name exactly, but I remember, like, her look. Um, she was the one with, like, the giant, uh, fan, or boomerang fan. <laughs> yes, yes, her. So, from the way I understood it was, basically, her, so she had, I want to say she had at least one son, and maybe a daughter, with uh, the monk, Moroku. I'm from the original Inuyasha series, which also, bit of sad news on top of that. So, if I'm not mistaken, I believe from what I was told, I believe it was the English voice actor who did the voiceover work for um, the Moroku character, who came back for this series after doing his work that he was famous for from the original Inuyasha series. Um, I do believe he did, unfortunately, pass away, I think, at some point in 2020. From co, uh, I think it was either if it wasn't COVID, I think it was like another illness that he was um, battling with at the time. Um, so that's a bit of a bummer. Um, but from the way I understand it, is that it does seem like he was able to complete um, his part in the dub, at least for the first season of this series, um, for the 24 episodes, for however many he was in it for. Um, so at least we'll have that to remember him by, hopefully. Um, so, Gotta make bit of a bummer, but hey. Yeah, it's, it's a bit depressing. <laughs> but uh, no, it was nice to hear, you know, some of the old actors from that time period kind of, you know, put their voices back into it again. Um, I do think at some point, though, if I'm not mistaken, they did end up having to replace the uh, English dub voice actress for um, Kagome's role at some point. I think that was actually, that might have been, like, back in the original Yasha series towards, like, the latter, like, the tail end of it before they did the uh, final act. But yeah, from the way I understand it is that they basically had a bunch of different voice actors come in for the parts for the final act Yeah. for yeah. some reason, and then they ended up bringing the originals, or most of the originals back for this one, so that was nice, change of pace. Um, anyway, yeah, no. So, this series has just so much going on in terms of the original Inuyasha series, which, if I remember correctly, I feel like a lot of the stuff they touched up on in this series, they didn't really do with the original series and the final act. Um... So this was kind of mostly just like additional story that was added on, but it was it kind of was stylized almost in like a prequel format. So you kind of jumping around a lot between um, the past and whatnot. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Moroku he is still alive at this point. Um, so by the time that Toa and Setsuna and Moroa, who is um, the daughter of Kagome and Inuyasha, and her condition is very different. So whereas Toa and Setsuna are both technically at the very least, half-demons. Um, apparently, Morawa, on the other hand, she is actually Morawa. only a... Morawa. She is only a uh, quarter-demon. Yep. Because Inuyasha is... Dog-demon. Yep. Yep. Mother who is a full-blooded human, and then Inuyasha who is uh, half-demon, so half-demon, half-human. Um, and yeah, uh, it's adorable, though. She's absolutely adorable, you know? She really has... Personally, I awesome. thought she was the most uplifting character of the three in that whole group, yeah. in my opinion. I felt like she was definitely a scene stealer here and there. Her back, her... It's just her personality, yeah. you know. Although, it did also feel like they did kind of end up having to give her a back seat, which, I mean, eh, you know. If it's a sequel series to the main character from the original series, you would think they would kind of give that character's daughter the spotlight this time around, but 
Yeah, I mean, she she gets her moments. She gets her time to shine. You know, she gets enough screen time with I think all the other characters, and they did their best to balance that out the best they could. Um, but yeah, so we find out, you know, in this new timeline, after all these years have passed, that apparently uh, Moroa, Inuyasha and Kagome's daughter, um, so it appears that she has inherited Inuyasha's jacket. So it's the, I believe it's what they call it, the robe of the fire rat, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that's a nice little piece of clothing you want to have on you if you're going to go into battle with demons, essentially. Um, so she has that. Uh, it looks like she also seems to have inherit, um, inherited what I believe are her uh, mother Kagome's um, arrows, if I'm not mistaken. Although it didn't seem like they really explained very well like her sword and how she got it, because it's definitely not Tensaiga. It's a completely different sword altogether. It doesn't you know change shape. It doesn't get bigger. It doesn't turn scaly and do all these other incredibly overpowered and busted stuff. It It basically just creates like this giant crimson dragon wave attack that she uses to it's fight a lot of these demons. Kurikaramaru. That's it, yes. Kurikaramaru. Yes. And um so she comes equipped with those weapons in her fight against demon kind. Um and then you have Setsuna who it seems like she kinda has that similar that like shoulder that fluffy shoulder cloud kind of thing that comes with her clothing. Which seems to be kind of you know a play on the way Seshimaru was dressed throughout the series. How he always had that you know fluffy little cloud tail thing on his shoulder. Um, so they kind of well, you know use that. Demon, you know, you yeah, that they use that aesthetic to kind of you know blend the two hey, together. What was that big old fluffy thing he always carried around? Uh, you know, I never really got like a full explanation you know what for I it. Think it is? It's either one, like a tail of some sort, or like a sash. Sashay right. or whatever, I don't know. Or yeah, it's just something I, he wears so Jockin can fly around. <laughs> I think that's mainly what it is, yeah. It's there for so Jockin to cling on to at the last minute. I said, this man is only wearing this so poor Jockin can fly around with him. Honestly. <laughs> but yeah, no, so more or less, so she's got what... So she has her own bow, but it seems like she did. Um, somehow, we never really got a full explanation for how she got her weapons. Um, all all in all. But yeah, um, so she's got those kind of like those fancy arrows similar to her mother. And I'm not going to lie, those things seem kind of OP in like the beginning and even like towards like the middle of this series. Yeah, dude. But see, yeah, like, I mean, she was on a roll. Yeah she, was. <laughs> yeah, she was. But see, I feel like for the most part of like the beginning stuff until we meet like Totetsu and like the four perils, like even go. Yeah. Like, I feel like it was just like, here's a demon. Here's So they were all like low level like demons. And they yeah, they kind of through these people, bro. Cannon fodder. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like. I don't know. I hear it. Yeah, they're like, just some Totetsu. lower class, you know. Uh, we met like Totetsu, that one girl with like the big snake girl or whatever. I can't remember her name. Um, like uh, right. Katon, and like obviously later in the series it gets a little rougher, but like, um, yeah, bro, they were just dog walking all these people for like yep. the longest time, and I was like, and I, I want to say this. I find it hysterical that uh, Lady Kide, who we're kind of introduced yeah. to already at the beginning of the original Inuyasha series, seems to have not really aged a day in this series. <laughs> like, the second we're introduced to her, you know, in the feudal Japan timeline, when things really start to kick off for the plot and the story of the sh series. And there she is, you know, once again, kind of helping us with the exposition part of everything. And she straight up has not changed at all. 
<laughs> not at and, all. God. But yeah, no. And so, yeah, so you got more uh, quarter demon, Inuyasha, Kagome's daughter. So she ends up kind of taking more of a backseat compared to the other two characters. So in this series, I would say definitely uh, Sashomaru's daughters tend to take the spotlight. Granted, it's mostly the three of them, but kind of more rush tends to backseat narratively compared mm-hmm. to the other two. Um, which, you know, I guess that's fair, you know, try and do something new, a different story device, you know, it's like, okay, we gave Inuyasha all his time, why don't we explore this a little more? So I can appreciate it, doing something new. Um, but yeah, no, so, Toa, we know her, she kind of has that, it's basically like a demon energy sword, Mm -hmm. um, and her being a half-demon, her sister also being a half-demon, and for the longest time, it seems like that's really the only technique that Toa really knows. And then we find out later on, she actually has the ability to essentially absorb demon yeah. energy to, like, weaken them. But it also kind of like comes at her, a cost. like how her and Setsuna kind of have, like, like the same, but their powers are different. You know what I'm saying? Cause like, right. Learn about, it's like... like the, the scabbard or not the scabbard whatever her thing is she said yeah it's kind of like over, over the shoulder and it's kind of like a you know Geralt from the yeah, witcher kind of thing like the scourge of swallows and that cyclone burst and then like toa is just like i got this blue sword that lights off. up yeah that's when the clothes are soft for freaking the whole dang oh uh, uh, yeah no and, and that's, that's the thing i love it she'll like point that thing right at her and be like you're soft toa right like, oh! well like, it's like it's like some like i love how toa's more of like a I don't know, dude, because it's crazy. Because it's like she has like an offensive type of thing, but she can be like more defensive. I feel like than Setsuna can, because she can absorb the demon energy. Like she, you know, what I'm saying, and um, Setsuna's more like just attack, attack, attack. And then when Setsuna gets close, bro, she just bodies. You know what I'm saying? She's so gangster. But I guess that's what happens when you grow up in the feudal era. You just have no choice but to be a a bamp. Anyway, so the Rainbow Pearls, they end up playing a role here, so we find out later on, you know, basically this demon who's a powerful demon who is basically the right-hand man of the, who ends up being the main antagonist of this series um, by the name of, wasn't it uh, Kimimaru? Kitamaru? Kimimaru is from Naruto. Kirinmaru. Kirinmaru. Okay. Kimimaru was the dude that Rock Lee faced drunk, right? Yeah. Yes, the drunken yeah, fist. The bone dude, dude, that dude got so hoed in that anime. Kirimaru. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. But yeah, Kirimaru yeah. was the great fox demon. Yes, so the great fox demon. So we find out basically that he had actually shared a brief history with um, Sashomaru and Inuyasha's um, birth father, the great dog demon. I think it was the great dog demon of the West. I think that was his name, his nickname. Anyway, so... Basically, we find out they have a shared history. It turns out there's actually this comet that I think it's like, what, once like every 400, 500 some years, it uh, makes its way over to Earth, essentially, and tries to basically obliterate it. <laughs> so, uh, Kirin Maru and Inuyasha and Sashomaru's father kind of like form this alliance essentially and team up and decide okay well you know what our entire world's going to be obliterated completely if we do not find a way to stop this comet so they both you know they combine their techniques their fighting styles together they use their best techniques that they have available to them at their disposal at that time and they basically end up uh if i'm not mistaken kirin maru basically hit the rock or i think they both actually just like create a technique together that basically like sent it away and sent it flying out into space 
pathetic. So I so, punched a meteor and destroyed it. Yeah, no. <laughs> and then we find out later on in another flashback. This time it's like a sequel to that prequel, <laughs> where basically Inuyasha and Sashomaru had to do the exact same thing when it was their time. Only at this point, apparently, Kirin Maru, he was, I guess, you know, busy doing other things, or he just was nowhere to be found at the moment, or I guess he wasn't really in the mood to help Sashomaru, if I'm not mistaken. So basically, all the village elders, I think uh, Lady Kide, so she ends up uh, asking for Inuyasha's help, like, hey, you might want to do this, or we're all screwed. So Sashomaru uh, kind of reluctantly decides, all right, well, I guess I'll team up with my brother, whatever. <laughs> Did you so, know the voice of Sashomaru in the dub? Yeah. Sorry for the interruption. I hear the voice of Sashomaru from the dub is the same voice of Clank in Ratchet and Clank. Nice. Yeah, bro, isn't that gangster? That's hysterical. <laughs> That's I, was like, I was like, dude, I remember, uh, I had a fact about it somewhere in my head, and I was like, dude, I just kept hearing it and i was like i gotta say it. sorry but yeah that's pretty cool to me i don't yeah, watch man. the dub but if you do no for sure fact. for sure yeah so anyway uh basically inuyasha and his brother in a flashback are shown having to take care of this exact same comet in the exact same situation that kirin maru and their father were in all those years ago and uh this time we get to see just how op and busted tetsaiga really is inuyasha's Ooh. sword so Sashomaru, straight up, this comet is coming at Earth, and he decides, you know, I'm just going to make, like, one decent-sized swing at this rock. It barely puts a dent in the thing. And then here comes Inuyasha running up to bat, and I can't remember the name of the technique is it precisely. No, 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 this was no, something it's like... It's the, uh, this was something out there, so, like, the blade straight like up just, like... black hole one. Yeah, yeah, so the blade turns into, like, uh, the best thing I can think of to compare it to is it turns into, like, the character from Marvel Comics, um, what's his name, Infinity? It's like that, so basically, like, the blade itself is, like, it Tommy turns into it. outer space, and it's got this yeah. black hue all over it, all these stars and planets, and then he basically, like, swings his sword... And opens up basically what I could only consider to be a giant, huge-ass wormhole into, like, space. Not only space, but even, I would argue, time as well. And just sends this thing flying, like, yeah, like 500 years away. Dude. (laughs) Until it ends up making its return again, I believe. I don't know if you've watched much of Black Clover, but there's a part in there where Yami, Captain Yami, he's the captain of the Black Bulls, he has, like... He's like a foreigner who carries this katana around anyway. His One of his moves is called a dimension slash, and that's kind of what it reminded me of. Yeah, that's basically yeah, what it was. Is it was a dimension but slash. It straight Yami's, up opened Yami's a wormhole. Open, Yami, Yami's doesn't like open a wormhole. It kind of just cuts through dimensions, so it'll cut through, you know, whatever's. And that was like... That was amazing that, when it first uh, happened. Too. Oh, man. Opened with like the... A wormhole. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Well, the comet's gone. Like, see you later, alligator. <laughs> exactly. It was. It was great. I was like, I straight up like my jaw was like on the floor. Like, I did not know that he had that technique up his sleeve this entire it was time. Nothing. And yeah, no, he attracted like it was nothing too. I was like, Jockin goes, Jockin goes. Oh, and Yasha, you know, Lord Shishamaru would have done that if he had Jock or Taisaga or whatever. Oh, uh, please. 
Well, and here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Tetsaiga, if I'm not mistaken, based on the lore, actually had like a seal placed on it by their father that made it to where only Inuyasha could hold and use the sword. Makes sense. And if Sashomaru tried to use it, he he could hurt. fight. Well, he could. Yeah, he could fight with it, but it would basically like char his hands if he held it for even you know a minute too long. So yeah. So that whole awesomeness happens, and then we're thrust once again, you know, back. There's all this stuff going on between the two different timelines, and we're trying to figure out what happened to all our favorite Yasha characters. Why aren't they here with the rest of these characters? What's going on? So we find out that, um, oh, what's her name? Um, you have to say it for me again. The, uh, the girl with the giant fan. Like a Kaga. wannabe Tamari. Oh, Songo. No. Songo, yeah. Is it Songo? Or, is it Songo or Sago? Songo. Sango. Sango, okay. So Sango, from the original Yasha series. So she and Moroku at this point, you know, they've kind of, they've hooked up, they've mated, what have you. Mated? Uh, mated. They, they got together, <laughs> it seemed like things went fairly well. Um, I guess she actually made the choice. She chose, from the way I understand it, to, I guess, she volunteered to be a stay-at-home mom. And she was like, you know what, I've, I've had my fill of action and drama and what have you, I'm kind of going to start, you know, throwing in the reins here. And she ended up handing the reins over to, later on, um, her son. And so he ends up being, like, the one in line to do what she did. Yeah, so he ends up learning, you know, how to fight with the the giant, you know, fan and all that. And he ends up becoming an integral... Oh, the name for, like, the fan... Little boomerang. Uh, Yeah, no, it's sort of like a K something, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I can find the name, because I don't know it off the top of my head. (laughs) It's like a style of fighting, I think, or something. It's like, it's a special position... Anyway, he ends up taking it over from his mother in the current iteration of, I think it's like their own version of like a Demon Slayer core, essentially, or de- the Demon Hunters, essentially. Um, and yeah, so Setsuna, she's a member of their group, and we find out that she has basically um, lost, what's the word? I guess in a way, yeah, she basically lost her, at least her childhood memories and she also is unable to actually physically go to sleep at night because this um, allegedly, I guess, kind of like a rarer creature to come across, but it's like this thing known as a dream butterfly had a landed on her shoulder at one point. And this is back when she's, so she's already, you know, fully grown. So like right, right around when she's 14 and in the demon hunter core. And um, yeah, so this butterfly ends up landing on her shoulder one day and all of a sudden, you know, she can't go to sleep anymore. And she's lost all memories of, you know, um, her younger days as a child and her sister. And so all the while, she's kind of like, oh, here's this person who's basically a stranger to me, but is basically um, her sister, biologically, um, her actual sister. And she still is kind of like in denial over it. Like, I'm not sure I believe this throughout, throughout just like most of the entire series. And so anyway basically throughout um so those two they each have a pearl in their eye one of the rainbow pearls there are seven of them created by this demon who is the right hand man of the current villain kiran maru who's been dormant for a while at this point and anyway she ends up at some point making a wish with the shikan jewel in their possession ends up creating these seven rainbow pearls and at some point seshimaru end up putting one in each of his daughter's eyes before they were kind of off playing around in the woods one day and basically we find out at some point there was this fire demon that he straight up was like yeah no my kids are in that forest why don't you go ahead and burn that forest down 
really test their metal. Oh, father of the year. Father of the fucking year. You gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do to train. Thank you. I think the weapon is named Hirakotsu. Yeah, 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 I think that's it. Yes, Hirakotsu. Hirakotsu. So yeah. However they yell it, bro, it's so cool. And that thing's so good. Yeah, Sango's son. So he, Demon Slayer group they so he ends up inheriting kind of that portion of the job description essentially and uh yeah so we've got this new you know batch of demon hunters helping them out whenever they can and there's this uh bounty hunter guy that we meet throughout the series who's been helping moroa you know daughter yeah jubei <laughs> who we also find out later on has actually been helping out this guy named riku who is originally just described as being this you know abandoned pirate essentially Arg. Pirate washed yeah. ashore. Even though he doesn't look a thing like a pirate. <laughs> Literally. Right? Like, he's like so ambiguous. because <laughs> you don't watch one piece. Like everything about him. Hey. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> hey. Hey. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm considering yeah, it. Don't right. make me change my mind. No, you need to. One of the greatest. Okay. All right. I actually liked Riku for the longest time until like the last two. Well, uh, well okay. So he seemed okay for like the first two episodes, but then at some point it started to get kind of, cr- I'm not going to lie, I was kind of creeped out. Even I started to kind of cringe up a little bit. I'm like, I don't know, bro. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, even when I knew he was a traitor, bro, I was like, man, Riku's still a bad oh, yeah, ass. Because like, so, there was still like that kind of like, uh, is he like bad? Or is he like a double agent? You know what I'm saying? Is he like kind of, yeah, no, no, or is he just doing his saying. own thing? Right. But, then we find out. Yeah, and so we find out Riku, he's basically this, uh, yeah, he's basically a double agent, so the way I understood is he basically was meant to act as like a body double to Kirin Maru, this incredibly powerful fox demon from like the way, way back. Yeah. So like a really tough baddie, like one of the last of his kind in existence, essentially, now that uh, Inuyasha and Sashomaru's father had died and moved on, essentially. Um, and yeah, we find out also, too, like toward the like latter end of the series that uh Sashomaru's biological mother who was also a full-blooded demon if i'm not mistaken i think she was also a dog demon um so she actually is still alive at this point in this timeline and it seems like she is actually hiding out kind of oh i want to say she's hanging out somewhere like nearby or kind of like around wherever it is that Kiran Maru is like held up or where he's currently staying out at um, and so it kind of feels like, oh, there may be a double cross here in the making. Low key, not gonna lie. And uh, yeah, so she doesn't get a whole lot of screen time, but we find out that she's alive at least. Um, the Demon Zero uh, is alive for a while. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Uh, we find out that Morawa, so she has somehow acquired one of these Rainbow Pearls as well. So she actually has this, um, she calls it a rouge, but basically it's. Literally, it's this clamshell that opens up, and when I saw it at first, it looked like there's this like red powder, almost like a sand, in the pearl, or sorry, in the uh, like the clamshell. And but then when she goes to, like put her hand in it, she puts it on her lips, and she has this like red lipstick on her lips now all of a sudden. And turns out there's actually a red rainbow pearl inside of this clamshell. Her inside of this thing that she keeps her rouge, and when she puts it on her lips, she basically like increases her power tenfold from what it used to be, and she ends up becoming into this. It's almost like a pseudo alter ego that she calls Benny Yasha, kind of like a nice little nod off to Inuyasha's character. Yeah, and uh, the destroyer of lives. Yeah, yeah, fun little Easter egg wasn't there. Wasn't that wasn't that rouge? Wasn't that like a? a... Or 
it's kind of like a double-edged sword from the way they explained it. So it's like it increases her power tenfold, and so it kind of helps like her tap into like her demon side more. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, in her yeah. blood, that's in her veins that she only has like a quarter of, but like apparently that's enough to agitate it to like insanely powerful levels. I just thought like Kagome gave that like to her when she was off as well, a baby. Yeah, so we see this flashback where it seems like, yeah, Kagome, so there's this whole storyline after the whole incident with the meteorite, and it's kind of, it, I'm not gonna lie, it low key kind of reminded me of the whole situation with uh, the fourth Okage and Naruto when Obito first attacked <clears throat> the village. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of like one of those situations I felt like where the parents get screwed at the end of it, and so basically, if I have that Sashomaru back on his old shit again, basically kind of low key double crossed them in a way, and uh, he basically he had some kind of a jewel, but it wasn't the Shikon jewel, but I don't think it was a rainbow pearl exactly either, but it, it was definitely some type of a pearl, and it was this like it almost had it was like a black color to it, and he basically ends up taking this pearl and he ends up sending Inuyasha and Kagome both into this portal, essentially, into some other dimension, some place in time, what have you. And they basically just get sucked up into this thing and we never really see them again. And before Kagome and Inuyasha left that plane of existence, uh, Kagome was able to give that uh, seashell clam, what have you, to um, her daughter, Morowa. And then Morowa ends up getting raised by these, um, I can't remember, I want to say they were, what were they, like wolf? Demons, kind of, or don't. Uh. Um, you know who? I mean, yeah, it was like that one group, and then so they're these like kind of something demons. I want to say yeah, they were like wolf demons or something like that, something close to that, like dog demons, but not dog demons. Yeah. And uh, so they're kind of like this warrior tribe, and they've been hiding out in these caves in the mountains or something like that. And so she ends up being raised by them and their clan leader, who, if I'm not mistaken, I believe some of those characters they were also from the original Inuyasha series as well. Um, yeah, because they were. I think they referred to uh, Kagome as like a uh, yeah, high priestess or uh, princess, something like that. Yeah, uh, I think like her ancestor. Uh, Ren, not Ren, Jesus. Uh, just talking about it. What was? Who are we talking about? She's re- not like reincarnated. Well, so so Ren is a Toa and Sitsuna's yeah, mother. No, so at at no, some no, point no. throughout the series, we keep getting like shown these glimpses of her actually in what I believe is I believe they call was it the Tree of Ages. I believe so. Yeah, and so she's apparently somehow like encased herself in this tree, and I remember when I first saw spoilers or what i thought were spoilers for like the final episode of this series they were like oh by the way low-key rin dies i'm like what there's no way literally got to the end of the series never freaking happened so (laughs) yeah spoiler anyway um yeah so rin as far as we know it she is still stuck in the tree of ages and there's like moments where i think at least i want to say i think it was toa who she ended up like interacting with her spirit that was still in the tree but she didn't know who exactly it was. And I don't remember if Setsuna also like ever interacted with her spirit. I don't recall. I don't believe she did. It's sad because it's um, like, that's that's your mother. No, yeah, it's really freaking depressing. Yeah. It's like that's the one parent of yours that's not gonna try and freaking kill you. Yeah. And she's trapped in a tree. <laughs> Maybe in season two. But she, she I feel like yeah. It felt like they were she was trying to help them kind of get along their way what have you yeah kind of giving them a little bit of a nudge here or there 
And uh, yeah, eventually we start to find out about like there are all these different fighting techniques, demon arts, stuff like that. Some characters finally learn a couple new moves. I wish they had learned a couple more because I'm usually all about you know anime fights, combat, stuff like that. That's I like to see them to learn a bunch of. Yeah, that's what I like to see. You know, a bunch of different fight moves and to see them learn new techniques. Whereas, and that's kind of one thing I liked about Demon Slayer is like you know Tanjiro dude ends up learning what like six or seven different fighting moves with a neat little new additional one on top of that. All within like one character arc. Water breathing techniques. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All those different water breathing techniques, which look incredible, by the way. They, they Apparently, there's an eleven. Animation is amazing. It's an eleventh thing. Absolutely. Made, yeah. Yes, which is awesome. And so, yeah, so anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, I was kind of hoping for more of that in terms of the whole the fight scenes and the fight sequences. And some of them were actually pretty solid. Um, I know the one with Amorowa, when we see her end up using her uh, Biniyasha persona with her rouge for the first time from the power of the Red Rainbow Pearl. And she ends up fighting uh, one of the four perils. So you've got Kirin Maru, the great fox demon. So he's kind of like the main boss, essentially, <laughs> of this entire series story. And uh, throughout it, he also has these like little mini henchmen. Also, these kind of like lower demons. Uh, there's four of them, known as the four perils. And uh, so, Morawa, she ends up. Uh, this is around when we were in that do X Machina situation with Toa towards the beginning of the series. And uh, they finally end up freeing her, just as Morawa basically ends up wiping the floor with this guy. So she ends up basically obliterating one of the four perils, this incredibly powerful demon, on her own. And I was like, there is no way it's that easy. And sure enough, they, you know, they meet their second member of the four perils, and then she kind of ends up going down to kind of in a similar manner. A little more difficult, but still not as difficult. And then we finally try to work our way up to the last two, and holy cow, those two, they, they really put up a fight. <laughs> so... Then you have the three of them, you know, they're kind of Morawa, Toa, Setsuna, they're constantly, you know, going out, fighting demons, trying to get answers, kind of get put on the right path, try and stop the four perils, then with the hopes of defeating these four powerful demons, they'll eventually get to Kirin Maru, completely unaware of the demon henchman of his, uh, Zero. And, um, yeah, uh, we... We, uh... <laughs> find out no you're good you're good we kind of find out later on through all these fights that uh, setsuna is actually capable of a new blood demon art but she also seems to have more control issues with her demon powers mm -hmm. she goes um yeah because apparently thanks to that dream butterfly that like showed up out of the blue one day while she was still in the demon core it basically landed on her shoulder took away her childhood memories of her and her sister and also took away her ability to ever be able to actually, like, physically sleep. Ever. That's gotta suck. So that's depressing. I would hate that. Love like, sleep. Uh, yeah, no. It's it's a necessity. God, God I can't sleep either. God, I from... We all know how that went. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah he anyway. Just, he just started planting stuff, and now he's a gardener. Yeah, Cara <laughs> the gardener. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no. So uh, Setsuna, she kind of ends up having more growth in that regard, and all the while, you know, there's not only this search to find this random ass butterfly <laughs> in feudal <laughs> Japan, but now you have to also defeat these four mini boss demons, the four perils, on top of fighting an ancient full-blooded demon from eons ago who is somehow still alive. 
And, uh, yeah, eventually we get there. They defeat the four perils. I remember, I think it was the last two you had. What was it? Yeah, it was like, a, so there was the one with the wings. I forget her name. And then eventually get to, like, the snake guy who's eating all these monks. And this is where Moroku from the original series makes his appearance. Apparently he's doing this whole, like, pilgrimage that lasts two years to find enlightenment and to hopefully become Thousand stronger. Thousand-day training. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And anyway, it seems like he gets close to getting there, but we never really see him, I think, fully complete the training. So he's kind of still in the process, but he's, like, right at the tail end of it. And uh, he tries to, like, you know, help them out the best that he can. And uh, so Shomaru eventually does end up making, I think, like a brief cameo at some point. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, eventually, the last of the two Four Perils show up. Um, I don't remember exactly how the Snake guy was defeated. I think I still feel like he somehow managed to escape. Because it seemed like every episode when we thought he was finally going to die, <laughs> he escaped on a black cloud and just flew away. Oh, Totetsu? Yeah, Totetsu. God, I freaking hate that guy. <laughs> oh, dude, Tartessa's a clown, though. He didn't like him. Couldn't Tartessa. stand him. I did not like him at all. You know, like Tartessa, bro, he was like a, he was just the best a comic relief character. Uh huh. Definitely not annoying in the slightest. Yeah. Also, there was the whole little situation with Atoa having to deal with her only being a half demon, and since she can sleep and has, you know, her memories, just she fully basically has her human side and her demon side. She goes through a similar situation that Inuyasha occasionally goes through in the original series, where his human side, you know, he reverts back to that once, like, every couple of full moons, essentially. Where they're kind of in a weakened state. They have, like, zero demon and, powers. Yeah, and they basically lose all their demon powers. So that ends up playing a brief role, like, towards, I want to say it was, like, almost towards, like, the two-thirds waypoint in the series. And they end up kind of finding a workaround for that where they just basically have to hide her <laughs> while the other two, Morawa and Setsuna, fight whoever it is they are trying to beat at any given uh, moment. Didn't, like, Motoha put her in a, uh, like, a barrier in a cave while, um... Yeah, yeah I think that was while, what was it, the second of the Four Pillars was becoming an issue, I believe. Oh, no, no, it was the mountain, like, that very powerful mountain demon. Wasn't it the fire guy? Like, burning everything around them? No, no, that was like a weird love story that they had to solve, and uh, they didn't... Wait, what anyway, was the last thing you were talking so... about, Colton? Huh? What was the last thing he was talking about? Uh, the last thing I remember mentioning was um, Motoha putting a barrier up when they are I was trying to find out that deep fire demon thing, because I remember, like, everything was on fire around him, and Motoha was like... Um. Yeah, trying to find him. Her, uh, what's her name? Toa was uh, in her human state or whatever for like the first time, and they like well, hit her I, or whatnot. Well, so they did the barrier. I think that was actually for um, I believe it was that one ancient mountain demon, basically. And uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, Nikosen. I think that may yeah, start with an N or something like that. Or yeah, but anyway, like a really, really powerful guy. Oh yeah, with like the big red eyes. He almost looked like an Oni, yeah, kind of. That's him. Yeah, yeah Nikosen. Yeah. So, yeah, they encounter him, this powerful demon, um, while she's still vulnerable. <laughs> and I can't remember who exactly beat him. I just remember that some at some point they, I believe they did manage to finally beat the guy. Um, 
And yeah, at this point, they've already beaten two of the four perils, at least. Um, My favorite part about that little incident was when Motohau is like, Nico said, let me just, let's just make money together. <laughs> that to, sounds like, great. Dude, I was like, oh my <laughs> And I felt dude. so bad for it too, because, you know, that whole plot line with Morwa and her master, and after beating her in the fight and learning that new technique, and you find out, you know, basically, so she was basically traded off by these people that had adopted her for all these years to this bounty hunter guy. And like, oh, hey, by the way, you're going to be uh, working for me now, collecting bounties to help pay off this debt of yours that you apparently now owe me. I'm like, are like you serious? Crazy really? She is 14 and you're already putting her in debt? Good Lord. Good Lord. Like, ain't nothing different than yeah, yeah, what I, these I parents felt... do out here today, you know? <laughs> yeah. But no, I just, I could not stop feeling so bad for her. I was like, good grief, honestly. Especially when she was freaking cleaning Oh and, my god. Uh, oh yeah. Freaking old Takichio uh, would just like, oh, Motoha, you missed a spot. You missed a spot. I'm like, oh, but she would like kind of get her revenge when they're like flying and stuff. And like, she would just make him fly so fast. Yeah. But he was, he was probably my favorite. Dude. He was so cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no. And so, yeah, eventually we finally get to the point where, uh, you know, everybody's started learning new techniques and what have you, and they finally get to, um... Who was it? Ah, man. I do not recall exactly, but, um... I know at some point they finally got to where, um... You know, there was, like, a couple different demons. There was a pawn demon, there was these twin brothers, and that was all a bunch of machinations with this higher demon who... Um, had some, like, minor ties to Zero. It was kind of like the right-hand demon of uh, Kirin Maru. And, um, yeah, they kind of basically make their way through beating all these different demons, occasionally, you know, learning to use each other's techniques to help each other in combat, what have you. Character a lot growth. Of demon fodder, I feel like. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah, just, just a bunch of, like, character growth, you know what I'm saying? It was kind of annoying at first, because it just felt like every episode was just like that. It's like, here, here's a new demon fight that. And, like, obviously, Setsuna, she already had the Scourge of Swallows, she already had the Cyclone Burst, she really didn't learn, like, that Blood Blade and stuff till later on, so it's just like, man. But, right. it, 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 it's something that was super interesting. Well, that's something I, I was kind of hoping to see from uh, Moroa's character was seeing her you know use that iconic move of you know the blood blade which i think she maybe did i don't recall exactly i don't, I don't believe she did i think it was setsuna yeah setsuna used it but i think motoha she just used the uh oh uh, what's up she when she's in Binyasha, like. she can yeah, like Binyasha. and she's bleeding she like blades of blood Oh, right. Yeah. Use that a couple times, but yeah, that's did. what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The blades of blood. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. So you had the blades of blood, and then you had Setsuna's technique, which she learns later on, which is that technique looked more gnarly to me than the blades of blood, where it was literally just like this like thing of blood that just like stayed on her arm, and she could use it as like a side blade. It was almost like one of the mantis blades out of cyberpunk, essentially. It was really cool. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I was like. That's a little gnarly, okay. <laughs> Didn't care too much for it, but I was like, alright, whatever. Um, but yeah, so we finally get to the point where it's the last of the two of the four perils. 
a lot of these other demons have kind of come and gone as like cannon fodder or like plot elements to kind of help move the story along. Like, oh, hey, look, the power of teamwork. Look what happens when we combine our techniques together. Golly gee. Yeah. Fairy tale? Teamwork. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> happens in fairy tale all the time. I like fairy tale, but oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. But yeah, and so, um,. We're finally down to like the final two of the four perils. We get Don't towards Tetsu. Yes. Wait, we forgot to mention one of the like as Grandpa Miyoga, the little flea. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Grandpa Miyoga, who like follows Mora around the entire time. I think he was another character from the original Inuyasha series, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and, bro, but awesome. he would like follow Inuyasha around. I think like the entire time. So now you have this other character who kind of comes in. Well, no. And same character, who, but he comes in, and then he kind of, this time, it's like, nah, I'll just follow more around now. And all the while, I'm kind of like, I wonder what he knows. Probably a lot. You know? He's a, well, it kind of shows, like, she's always asking him, like, or he's always, it seems to be the one filling them in on, like, the information and stuff on like the people and the demons and what they can do and what they're using and like, you know what I'm saying and like yeah. <laughs> dude with the end right. when he's like when he called Motoha a disgrace or a disrespectful granddaughter dude that was the funniest yes thing. okay so I've got like somehow only 2% battery left so I'm gonna have to like speed through the last bit here okay go ahead buddy yeah okay so basically uh Totetsu, I don't remember exactly how he was defeated. I want to say Moroku had something to do with it. But basically, we get there, we beat the guy. I think he had a rainbow pearl. Someone, anyway, Riku the pirate, he ends up collecting all these pearls from everybody, convinces them to give them to him over the course of the series, what have you. Uh, the doppelganger for Kiramaru, yes. So anyway, Totetsu, he's eventually defeated with uh, some help here and there for the characters throughout. Um, and then we finally get to the last one. Um, I forget his name, Hokuman. Something like that. Anyway, so he, they fight him the first time. It's actually a pretty decent fight. Feels kind of high stakes. Uh, but he gets away, unfortunately, kind of a cop-out. And then finally he comes back in the second half to fight again. And uh, sure enough, they uh, fight him. And it ends up becoming more like a psychological thing, essentially, between uh, Toa and Setsuna, between this guy. And finally they're like, hey, what if we basically just attacked each other to get out of this maze, this, like, Naruto basic level genjutsu thing and they finally uh, attack at the same time and the same direction at each other and destroy this illusion by coming together all the while Toa is still throughout this entire thing trying to win over her sister's affections knowing full well she doesn't remember what it's like to have a sister at the moment because of the butterfly thanks to Kieran Morrow so they break through the illusion they finally find uh, the last of the four pillars hiding spot and they defeat him um, or at least that's what it looked like to me, but then there was a part of me that was like, what, this is another fake-out, but they never really confirmed that either. But then it was like, you know, they beat him, and then suddenly the illusion kind of went away, and they were back in the feudal realm with uh, Moroa and everybody else. And they finally make it to Kirin Maru's compound, and uh, they end up having this uh, intense fight between um, Kirin Maru and the daughters, which is then kind of halted briefly, because then Zero, she decides to kind of chime in and fight and interrupt things. And of course, Seshimaru, he shows up at the last freaking minute and basically obliterates Zero without even trying. 
Literally. <laughs> and I, I'm trying to remember what happened to the uh, the rest of the rainbow pearls, like all seven of them at the end. Oh, I so, think um, I think Setsuna and Toa got theirs back. From what I remember. No, um, pretty sure that uh, Kieran Mario like scattered them again. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, from what I remember, I believe, yes, Kieran Maru, there ends up being this, like, second wave fight between the two daughters and Kieran Maru, and basically, <laughs> Setsuna and Toa go full-on beast mode here. I mean, holy freaking cow, when did they get in space? I'll never know. Oh, that was, that was Moroha <laughs> yeah. and Toa. Oh, no, yeah, sorry, yes. sorry about that. Yeah, no, that was Moroha and Toa after Setsuna tried to give it her all and take on yeah. Kieran Maru, only to then basically be murdered. In the final episode, and lose in a very violent defeat. Yeah. So Setsuna dies. Unfortunately, it's very depressing, and hopefully she comes back. But at the moment, it's not looking very likely. Um, of course, Seshimaru, after he had fought Zero, he had left the uh, Ten Saiga behind to help heal. Um, the crazy thing is, is like with his fight with daughter. Zero, she broke it. Yeah. So like he and can't. So, the only person and, that yeah. can really use it is Toa. And now Toa, she's trying to, you know, heal her dead sister after she and Moroa basically had this incredible fight with Kieran Maru, which basically weakened him a decent amount. But he decided, you know what, it's still not enough to kill me, though. But then he decided, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and retreat, essentially. Yeah. And uh, once again, we're left, uh, we're down a family member, unfortunately. Although it was nice to hear Moroa, you know, uh, mention that they were related by blood. Like, hey, I'm trying to you know, spend time with my cousins, like, halfway through the series. She was, like, the only one who acknowledged that. Hey, we're all biologically related. <laughs> By the way, guys. And, yeah. But see, I have a, I have a, I have a strong. I'm pretty sure Riku got away, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Riku said, "See you later, alligator." Cause he, oh, uh, yeah. cause he says something uh, along the likes. He like popped behind. He took his sword and stabbed Kieran Maru through the back, and was like, "See you later, great wolf or fox demon," and like hit his little ear. Earring and was Audi, you know. So we'll mm-hmm. see you later. Which a part of me thought it was like Rainbow Pearl in his ear. I did too. I thought it was like a blue Rainbow Pearl or whatever in his Damn, ear, but it, there it, was, I go. it was just like part of his lore. I think we lost Black. We may have. He said, "Then there I go." I was expecting the thing to drop out. Well, we, you and I could just close it, I guess. Yeah, we love you, Blake. Th- that uh, last fight was super dope. Um, it was. Especially when Motoha and... Um, Toa. Like, really, like, unleashed... Like, because, oh, like, I... Because we, we know that Setsuna had that hidden power, quote-unquote. Um, that hidden demon power, Motoha had her rouge, but like, what Toa have? You know what I'm saying? She didn't have like any kind of like secret power that needed to be unlocked. And then Setsuna dies. And she goes crazy. Her and Motoha, like, literally, like, the coolest thing though is Motoha, like, put that rouge on and was like, this is probably the true powers of the Binyasha. Like, she's so calm and everything. Like, you really see, like, Dude, like it was like goosebumps, and that's when I like kind of like really fell in love with the anime series, is because up, up until like that kind of that point, dude, I felt like just like they're just killing demons, killing. Then we finally got into that little arc area, and I was like hooked. Um, 
And then that last battle, man, where like they're fighting Kinomaru, they're literally like they did that whole like in space thing. I think that was a Motoha type of play towards like her father. Yeah, I think so. Um, and and uh, dude, that that scene was epic. I, I can't even lie. And um, they they did a good job with that. Then for like him to like say like see you later alligator whatever Kinomar was like bounced out and and I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I, I was like, who? Okay, because like I feel like if anybody doesn't want that prophecy to f- f- fulfill, it's him. You know, yeah, like, I mean, kind of <laughs> that means he dies. But uh, so I don't, I didn't understand that. But um, that whole Maybe like season two, we'll I can't remember it. the. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm yeah. Uh, and then that whole sword thing with the ten. What I can't remember what the sword that Shishamaru carries that he basically brought Zero back to life with after Setsuda killed her. Um, and we kind of learned that Zero, for some reason, is tied along with Rin. So if Zero dies, Rin dies. And you kind of like play along the part where like Sashamaru doesn't want to kill Zero because Rin will die. And then you kind of see like Sashamaru just not care anymore. Like he was just like, whatever. And he went and uh, I'm pretty sure like she just said she just hit the hit the jets and was like, "We're not brother and sister anymore, Kunamaru. Like we'll never see each other. Like real mad at her brother. Like see you later. We're strangers left." And uh, if you know, and then you know, know. Uh, Riku, <laughs> you know, Riku took his leave. And then uh, props to Kirara though that big old cat man literally scooped them at the most important time. And but like then we led up to that big old fight and sets in a dying and Kiramaro like for real just saying see you later and uh, it was an interesting ending to the season. It was crazy, dude. It had it really has me like ready to just watch more of it because like thank you can't use that sword anymore because Zero broke it. However, Oh has been using a broken sword this whole time. Yeah. So it's like. Hmm. But if she puts her demon energy through it, is it going to be able to bring sets in the back is my question. I'm saying there's no doubt that she can put make it like a demon blade or whatever. But is it going to be like same as it was before it was broken? It's my question. Yeah. Well. Hopefully we get that answer in season two. No, uh, right. Assuming we will. Um, so but yeah, yeah I'm was... super excited. In the part where like. It gave me goosebumps, really. Shishomaru, like, rain stopped. And he's like, Toa, you try this for me? And it was like, <laughs> that whole, like, just panoramic view of, like, the rain stopped and, like, him just handing that sword over to her. It was just like, whoo. Yeah, I liked that a lot, actually. And they said, season two in production confirmed. I'm like, you mother. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Hit me with that. But it's like, at least they told us it was there. Yeah. So, no, did, did they get? Is there any kind of? Because I, I know we're kind of late to the party with this. Um, but is there any kind of date given? Um, I can find out real quick. I don't think so, but maybe later, like this year, early twenty two. Mm-hmm. 
It says fall of this year. Oh, bet that's that's dope. That is so. That's good news. Yeah. Um, and sorry to our viewers. Blake's phone happened to die, um, so that's why he's not here. Um, yeah, apparently, he uses his phone to do this podcast. Yeah, you know, God love him. Um, <laughs> but uh, we love Blake, you know. Yeah. And but so. With Yashihime, I'm super excited that the end of it, how it ended, um, the first season anyway, it definitely is like going to be a couple more seasons um, throughout. Um, and then, so on that end, love it. I can't wait to see more of it. Um, and I'm honestly thankful Blake recommended it to us because I feel like it brought me back to my like younger days of, I didn't watch much in Yasha, but I did watch some of it and like, yeah. Just I, nostalgic I feels, you know? It was the same for me. So I really enjoyed it. Me, really. And I think I'm going to really enjoy season two as well. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be something I look forward to this fall. Um, also, I know you said it was my week to like do a anime. Um, yes. And I feel like I kind of did. I kind of told everybody to watch Jujutsu. Yeah, but I'm the one who chose that um, for the anime review. Okay, 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 okay. So cool. I'm, I'm, I want you to right, do cool. that. So, Next well, Blake time. knows about it. Um, we'll just send him a reminder in chat. Yeah. But uh, I think we should tackle the first season of Fire Force because um, it's just an anime. I feel like uh, I it's in my top five, man. Like, there's only two seasons. Yeah, and like I'm so attached to Shinra and Arthur, like it's crazy, dude. It's such a good anime. The storyline is crazy, and it is so action packed. Like, yeah, kind of. You kind of you might feel like you're kind of traveling a little fast through the storyline, but dude, once you get to season two, it's just like kind of all just makes sense. And but like, so don't kind of like think that you know they're kind of moving too quick or anything. Yeah. But, uh, dude, it, 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 you, you'll dang near, like, probably want to watch season two, like, right after, because kind of, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, and then they start season two off super crazy, and it's just like, bang, 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 bang. So I think it'll be a really good anime for us to watch, and, uh, definitely, definitely in all three of our parks for sure. So yeah, I want to just the first season, not the two. And that's kind of, that's like what, 48 episodes. Yeah. We're just going to season one, 24 episodes. We've been doing the past two, two times. So yeah, dude. And then we can tackle season two at a later date. But I think for now, season one, you guys will love it. Um, I have nothing but good things to say about the anime. Um, some of the manga, but not a whole lot. Captain, Captain Obi dude is like, Tommy vibes, man. Like, I do like but like, you'll, you'll meet Captain Obi and you'll meet Lieutenant and like Maki and like you'll just you just it's just awesome, dude. It's just awesome. So I look forward to that. And um, I honestly, I I didn't think I was gonna say this, but I look forward to Yashihime season two. Yeah, it was kind of hard to get through that at the first part, dude. But I'm telling you, they hit that last little arc, man, and it just was like, whoo! They're bringing the heat now, son. What the heck? <laughs> What in the like when Setsuna like 
learn about how she got her uh what is that weapon called it's like a pike almost but it's got like a blade on the end um she got that when she like first reverted to her like her full deal i was like oh my lord okay now we're talking so hopefully season two just dwells into that some more because that would be great hopefully she can you see, like, Shishamaru kind of like, oh, can't control it yet. You know what I'm saying? So I'm wondering, like, what's going to happen when she can control those powers, you know? Yeah, it'll be... I mean, I'm, and I'm sure she will be able to, but... Yeah, you know, I mean... That's all I'll say if she comes back to life. She's got to come back to life first, so That's we'll true. See. That is the uh, first part of that. Yeah, man. I, I, was, I was super... I, I mean, I was super surprised that, like it really hooked me like it did so i'm excited for more most certainly yeah um then i think I, you guys will love fire force too so yeah i liked yashihime a lot and i'm excited for fire force so like, uh, yeah and especially i've i've heard the manga and the anime are so i mean i haven't heard it i know they are the animation art they did like a really good job of staying with like the yeah. manga um, there's like a part where like it's not like a spoiler or anything by no means, um, but like, or Shinra is like standing there and like there's just like his his face I guess behind him and it's just this big grin like an evil looking smile over him, in the manga and then in the anime dude it looks exactly like killed it so nice. I think in that aspect you'll you'll really like it as well yeah I will like that. And we're going to see Demon Slayer in two minus three and a half hours, son. Let's go. <laughs> yes, we are watching Demon Slayer this evening. I'm excited for it. Let's put my Zenetsu shirt in a dryer. I have my Demon Slayer shirt also in the dryer, actually. Let's go. Bring in my katana. <laughs> All I think right, I so won't. we should probably end this here. Yep. Thank um, you, guys. Yes, thank you for listening. You guys are wonderful. Next week is another anime news episode. Um, and then the next oh, anime review will be the Fire Force Season 1 anime. Oh, I also know that like uh, my mic was kind of loud. It's on Spotify. It seemed okay. kind of loud. Um, so I've had my mic up away from my mouth because I had it a little close. I feel like that might have been like... So hopefully that helps sorry if i was like ripping your ears apart there guys <laughs> um, but uh i'm trying to fix that if anything i'll i'll put like a little uh it's a styrofoam somehow cool 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 wonderful wonderful but again thank you guys we we genuinely appreciate you guys coming in here and just listening to us blabber about anime yes, we do appreciate it and uh, like you said at the beginning you can find us on spotify google podcast apple podcast rss uh, anime news and reviews. That's all you have to search. Anime so, news you. and reviews. Yosh, yosh.